Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so this uh time change huh you gotta love it i'm not gonna lie i completely forgot about it until i woke up sunday morning because i normally wake up around 5 a.m mm-hmm. and i woke up and i look at my phone and it says 6 30 and i'm like wow i slept in and i'm like oh wait i didn't it's daylight yeah. savings time. I usually sleep I, in on Sundays. I usually sleep till about nine, and then I, I woke up and it said ten. It was after ten. I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" Sleeping the whole day away. <laughs> I hate it, dude. I, I, I'm gonna feel groggy and crappy for at least a week afterwards. When when are we gonna stop doing this? Can we just stop already? Yeah, I, I wish we would keep it like it is now like i like it getting dark later in the day uh, like i don't like it when it's like 8 30 or 9 and it's still daylight outside like that's a little either. obnoxious <laughs> to me but i also don't like leaving work and it's dusk or nighttime i yeah. see i don't mind nighttime it could stay nighttime 24 hours a day and i would be happy i don't like the daytime the sun sounds like alaska is the place for you <laughs> i keep saying that i want to I, it's cold and it's dark i'm like alaska is where i need to be that that is the place that was made for you so how was your weekend i i personally played a lot of metroid fusion over the weekend how yeah i was you... gonna ask you about that how, what are your thoughts so far dude it's so good it it's it's i'm probably 
four hours in at this point. I'm I'm in area two at this point. So probably okay. I'm a couple hours in. And um, dude, I am loving it. It reminds me a lot of Metroid Dread, like a lot of Metroid Dread. But I am enjoying it more because I like the I like the graphics better. For I, I like my Metroid to be old school like that. Yeah, it, it's to me arguably the best game in the whole franchise, and it, it probably is my favorite because it plays a lot like Super Metroid, but. It has, to me, the best storyline of yeah. any Metroid game. The fact that you're, now that you've experienced it, running from this souped-up version of Samus that's essentially like a pure virus, but is Samus at the peak of her abilities. Yeah. You Tell me you have not tried to fight that thing. No, not yet. I've come across, okay. a, I've come across it once so far, and I'm just like, kind of hid in the corner until it went away. Yeah, you, you don't want to... You don't want to fight it. You'll last about five seconds. Well, that's that the one thing, thing I've, you. I've noticed so far about the game is I'm enjoying the story a lot. There's a lot of story in this game, mm -hmm. but it's also you're getting a lot of story as you're going along. Plus, I don't feel like I'm lost all the time. Well, it feels contained enough. Yeah. Like it's it feels like a decent sized game, but it doesn't feel overwhelming because it's just on a a space station essentially. Yeah. The, the map's easy to read. Your your objectives are clear. You know, every time you talk to the navigation robot, whatever, it tells you where to go and what to do. You know, you have, even in the second part where it's like, we don't know quite where you need to go, but it's there somewhere. And just finding all the little, uh, you know, all the different uh, hidden paths and everything, like that's what Metroid is, is like getting stuck and then just bombing the hell out of everything till you find the one hidden spot in the floor that you're supposed to fall through. Like that's the fun of Metroid to me. And it's just, it's pushing all my buttons right now. Like I am loving that game so much. I'm glad you liked it. I, I had a feeling you would. It's, it's a very, very good game. I'm going to say right now, I'm enjoying the graphics a lot more than the, like I super Nintendo, super Metroid is still one of my favorite super Nintendo games, but man, something about fusion. I like the look of it so much better. And the controls are just, super smooth mm-hmm uh, and no, I, I, I have I gotten disagree. better at the wall jump i did i texted derek last night about nine o'clock i'm like i'm so bad at wall jumping it's awful yeah it it takes a little bit to get used to I, i'm not that great at it myself so once i, I your figured out how to do it like you have to jump towards the wall and then press the button towards the other direction and then jump. I yep. was trying to hit them at the same time and it would just not work. And I was stuck in this one part where that's the only way you can get out is to wall jump. And I was so frustrated. I had to stop for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I can't, if I don't get past this part, I, I don't want to get frustrated and stop playing. That was what I texted you. I was like, I'm so bad at this. And then I, Kept practicing and kept practicing, and then I finally figured it out. And now I'm a little better at it, but it, it still takes me a couple tries, but I'm way better at it now than I was. It's all about the repetition. Once yeah. you get the pattern down, just keep doing it over and over again. But uh, for me, I, I've still been playing quite a bit of Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. um, going through a, a different playthrough and getting ready for Tears of the Kingdom to come out, which will be fairly soon. Uh, that and the game that I will be reviewing tonight, which I was able to beat completely. So you'll get a full in-depth review 
wow. a little bit later on in the show. Be able to beat an, an entire Super Nintendo game? It's not a very long game, okay. but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll save that for for the review. All right, rampage in the chat room. Good morning, rampage, <laughs> Mernin. Um, but we got some news to get to. You ready to hit the news? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Tonight's stories were submitted to us by Mr. Armez Jackson, and if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. This first story comes from nintendoeverything.com. Tunic receiving physical release on Switch. Tunic previously made it to the Switch eShop, but a physical version is now happening, as well as the new deluxe edition. Uh, Fangamer, Fangamer will be in charge of production. You're not just getting the game, but a number of extra goodies as well. Uh, they include a full-length staple-bound manual with the full contents of the in-game manual. Uh, it has, in quotes, it says, has spoilers. A mini-manual with basic instruction, uh, a fold-out map of some areas and dungeons, sticker sheets with iconography, and a digital download code for a copy of the complete soundtrack by Lifeformed and Janice Kwan. It made its initial appearance on Switch last September. And um, it doesn't say what the price is here for the um, for the physical copy, but this looks like about I don't know. This is probably a full full priced game uh, right here with all the stuff that you get with it. It'll be forty five dollars. Oh, that's not bad for, for everything. I was actually thinking it was going to be uh, sixty or seventy. Yeah, I watched some uh, some gameplay of this game uh, earlier today. It's a neat it reminds- game. It reminds me a lot of the Link's Awakening remaster, mm-hmm. as far as like the art style and everything. Um, it looks very Zelda-like. Yeah. <laughs> as far as you know, not just the look, but the gameplay as well looks very similar to like the top-down Zelda that you'd play in like Link to the Past or Link's Awakening. Um, the IGN review says that it's surprisingly difficult. Uh, it, it looks like a kid's game, but it's it plays like a game that adults would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I might actually, if not get the physical version, I might get this game digitally at some point. Cause it looks like something I would really enjoy. Yeah. This, I mean, as soon as I saw the, the picture, the, all the stuff you get for the game, I mean, it's very Zelda inspired, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, the very first legend of Zelda game. Like it just, it's the same color scheme and everything. I'm like, man, this is <laughs> this looks like something I need to play. Yeah, everything from the overworld map to the color of the instruction manual, uh-huh. it just screams Legend of Zelda. I dig it. Yeah, I'm I'm personally a a, a big fan of it as far as the look goes. Oh, uh, our next page says uh, it's when I get my Xbox, it's included <laughs> with Game Pass. <laughs> it's it'll happen sooner or later. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll have to throw a, a celebratory episode whenever that happens. And Joey in the chat room, welcome, Mister Im- Joey Image. In Joey the chat Image, tonight. welcome. Our next story comes to us from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com. Nintendo highlights classic Super Mario games and new Switch online graphic. Uh, do you say Mario 10 or Mar 10 for uh, March 10th? It looks like Mar 10 to me. I don't really, I guess it's just straight Mario Day, but. Yeah. Uh, Mario Day has been packed with all sorts of surprises this year, which was, I believe, this past Friday. 
uh, from a trailer for the upcoming movie, which looked really cool. Lego announcements, and if that's still not enough, you can always turn your attention to Mario's video game history. With this in mind, Nintendo has taken to social media to promote some of Mario's retro experiences from the original Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins, which was, which was recently released on the Switch Online Game Boy service. Of course, to enjoy these classic titles, you're going to need a Switch Online membership, and if you want to play certain games like Mario 64 or Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, because that's not confusing at all, yeah. <laughs> you'll need to upgrade the premium expansion pack here. And they list the infographic. Uh, it basically shows the game's logo, a screenshot, and some little factoids uh, about the game. And it, it's got really all the classic ones. You've got... Mm-hmm. The original Mario trilogy, you've got the Lost Levels, Mario World, uh, Mario All-Stars, Super Mario Land 2, Yoshi's Island, Mario 64, and, of course, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. It looks like something you would see, like, a, a, a splash page in uh, Nintendo Power back in mm-hmm. the day. I really like it. So, I think this is cool for people that maybe don't know a lot mm-hmm. about the old Mario games, uh, so it's got like little fun facts, um, things that are introduced. So say like in Mario Brothers 2, that's where we were introduced to the Shy Guys and Birdo. It's got those facts. Mario Brothers 3 introduced the Koopa Kids. So it, it's a cool little little thing to look at if you're a, if you're a Mario fan. Um, since we're on the topic of Mario, I did stick it in the news about uh, the final Mario Super Mario Brothers movie trailer dropped. What did you think? I loved it. I, I thought it was really cool to see Donkey Kong grab the fire flower yeah. <laughs> because that that's something that I've been talking about for years. Why don't other characters use those power ups like they've just now gotten to where Bowser will use the power ups in boss fights. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I think he looks really cool. I'm I'm going to go in with an open mind about the cast and I it's we're we're just gonna have to deal with it like chris pratt's going to be mario was he our choice no No, but but... i'm gonna try my best to not let that ruin my experience for the movie because otherwise the movie looks great Yeah. yeah so i i'm going in cautiously optimistic i'm going in with the same expectations i went in with the first sonic movie yeah, I really uh, that was one of the things that stuck out to me too from it uh the the trailer was when Donkey Kong you know took the fire flower and I, I was like so it looks like they're going to be enemies at first but then they're going to team up because they made it seem like they were going to be enemies in the the last trailer and uh mm-hmm. you know I love all the the Mario Kart stuff they're going to have in the movie you know they have like full on explosions and everything like this is going to be awesome and if this movie is successful, I could pretty much guarantee there's going to be a Donkey Kong spinoff. Oh, I'm sure. And we're and we're going to get a Donkey Kong Country movie. Well, I'm which would be incredible. You know, I think uh, Luigi might be the the runaway uh, hero of the movie, or not. Well, just like kind of the the hit of the movie, and we're going to get a Luigi's Mansion movie. I'd Charlie be okay Day, with that. I think Charlie Day is going to pull off Luigi pretty well. I think he's going to be like the biggest surprise of the whole movie. Like we've heard enough of Jack Black's Bowser that people are going to go in expecting him to be good. So I, I I'm with you. I think Charlie day is going to do a really good job as Luigi. I think so. I can't wait, but like you said, I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers that 
Chris Pratt isn't just using his Chris Pratt voice. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I got, um, I actually bought my tickets uh, right before the podcast uh, to go for opening night. Oh, so. nice. Well, uh, w- once we both see it, we'll have to we'll have to do a review of the movie on the show. Yeah, we'll do a, a news dump review. That way, it's uh, it's locked behind a paywall, and we we'll spoil it for so for any patrons that want to hear us talk about it, we can do that. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, for this next story, this is from um, uh, makeuseof.com. How to make your retro games look really. Like they used to with Retro Arches shaders. Um, people often recommend you play your favorite video games using Retro Arches multi emulator front end. However, you might still find they look slightly off compared to how you remember them when you first played them. Retro Arch supports, supports various shaders with which you can emulate the look of the ancient CRT on which you first met Mario, Sonic, and their friends. How do the shaders work? Shaders are snippets of code that run in the GPU and alter the appearance of graphics produced by a game. Uh, let's see. It comes with various of shaders that allow you to apply dozens of effects on your game. Some change the game's colors. Others try to make graphics look sharper to enhance details or smoother to reduce jaggies. Uh, the prominent pixels appearing because of the difference between your monitors and the game's original target resolution. And many are not standalone shaders, but groups of multiple individual shaders to achieve more detailed visual results. Um, let's see, uh, before you use a shader, well, it, do you, what kind of uh, emulator do you use? I think it's called Open Emu. Yeah, that's the one I use too, Open Emu, Emu. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some shaders in there too, and this, and, in um, what's it called again? I keep forgetting, Open Emu is oh, a, yeah, Open Emu. It's a Mac, uh, app. And yep. it's so user friendly. Like I'm, I read this article, and you can go through, and it shows you tutorials on how to use uh, the different shaders if, if you use uh, RetroArch. Um, but it just seems so convoluted. So if you're a retro gamer, I would say probably Mac is the way to go because Open Emu has all this stuff already built in that you can just change back and forth. And I, I wanted to put this in here because I wanted to see uh, from some of our listeners, especially in the Discord and stuff, what. Let me know what um, emulators you guys use and where you use them because that's something I'm kind of interested in because I don't have a regular PC or, you know, a, a, a Steam Deck or anything like that. Yeah, I'd be curious about that myself. And it's funny, when I was reading this article earlier today, it made me remember one of my favorite Photoshop effects that I like to use because I, I used it in, I think the previous incarnation of our logo oh, to yeah, yeah. make it look like an old CRT television. Scan lines, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's really fun to build in Photoshop, but I, I knew that the shaders were in open emu, but I've never, never tried them out. You know, maybe I should because I have been using it on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a cool feature to have, you know, it, to just further replicate that experience. <clears throat> yeah, so if anybody out there listening to this, if you have a Mac or an, an iMac or a MacBook and you want to do some retro gaming stuff, uh, go check out Open Emu. I think they're on a, they're Open Emu 4 at this time, uh, fourth generation of it. It's, it has regular updates, but it's so user-friendly. 
drag and drop type of stuff. It it remembers where you were the last time you played a game. Because sometimes I'll play a game like once, play it for like five minutes, and then never touch it again for like a year or two, and then open it back up, and it's like, you want to pick up where you left off? I'm like, yeah, I do. And there you go. Yeah, so it's a it's a really good emulator if you if you have a Mac. So let me but let me know what you guys out there what you're using. Rampage says in the chat RetroArch, so I can play online with my friends yeah. if I had any. <laughs> you have friends, Rampage. Yes. We're your friends. Yes. Our last story comes to us from giantfreakingrobot.com. I love that website name. Yeah. Uh, Konami wants to bring back their best franchise after a decade. I, I'm surprised I didn't hear you scream all the way from Ocean <laughs> Springs when you posted this. Uh, this week, the indie roguelike Dead Cells got a massive Castlevania-themed DLC, which is unsurprisingly successful. However, what is surprising is that the success of the DLC resonated well with Konami, the maker of Castlevania, so much that a comeback might be in the books. Mm. According to IGN, Dead Cells' most recent DLC really turned the gaming community's attention towards the Castlevania franchise. This is especially true for Dead Cells' younger fans whose parents were young adults when the original Castlevania launched in 1986. Thanks to Dead Cells, the gaming community is now actively looking into the whole Castlevania narrative, which might prompt the dormant Konami to revive one of its iconic gaming franchises and perhaps offer a remake or at least a remaster of the original Castlevania. I think that's what they should do first. Yep. Remaster the original Castlevania, then give us a new one. Since it's such an old game, and really, it's not that long of a game, if, if you know how to play it and you can beat it. I can beat it pretty regularly these days. Um, I think they should do the original Castlevania trilogy, the NES trilogy, make it remaster all three of those, give us a new version of those games, like with updated graph, almost like Metroid Dread, but also give us the old versions as well, but sort of updated to like maybe maybe make them play a little better, play a little smoother. Um, but like you, you know, redo it, but give us the option to change the graphics uh, to to our preference. And again, if I'm Konami, why not? Like, yeah. what do you really have to lose by doing it? I mean, I'm, gotta, I'm all for that. I, I think having that option would be fantastic. I mean, they got to do I, I something. Would, I would get it. I, want, I would be there day one. This will be a pre-purchase for me. Yeah. Uh, and I think Rampage, it'd be really cool. Rampage says that Dead Cells is on sale on Steam right now, so I may go pick that up on Steam. Okay. Sweet. Hmm. But yeah, I really want to play this uh, this Castlevania DLC they got. That, this makes me want to play Dead Cells. Yeah, it, same for me. But uh, but that's gonna do it for the news. And now we're gonna go into this month in video game history. <laughs> March 19th of 1994, Super Metroid is released for the Super Nintendo in Japan. It's the third in the Metroid series, distributed on a 24 megabit cartridge, noted as the best game of all time by Electronic Gaming Monthly in 2002. I remember that specific issue where they named it the greatest game ever made. And it's definitely up there, but I thought it was a little crazy of them to say that, <laughs> but I'm also not as big of a Metroid fan as you know, like you or other people that I know are. 
but it is one of the best video games ever made. I, at that time, and even to today, I think one of the best games of all time is linked to the past. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and obviously I'm biased, but I, I do think Super Metroid is in that, it's definitely in the upper tier of Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. But if you made a list of like uh, the 50 best video games of all time, I'd put Super Metroid on there somewhere. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely in the top five best Super Nintendo games. Like, it is an absolute must-have. Oh, for sure. It's just that that topic is so subjective on what is the best video game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's uh, going 20... to have a different Everybody's going to have a different one. Yep. Uh, March 25th of 1994, Bethesda released the Elder Scrolls Arena for MS-DOS in North America, which is the first game in the Elder Scrolls series. Wow. Crazy to think that franchise goes back that far. <laughs> I know. It's still going today. I I knew of Elder Scrolls, but I didn't really dabble into that, no pun intended, arena until Oblivion. You know, like I, I mostly watch friends play it, but I tried it a little bit myself. But then Skyrim is where I dove all in into it. Yeah, Skyrim is the only Elder Scrolls game I played all the way. Th- well, completed. I wouldn't say I played all the way through because that game's like you could put a thousand hours into that game and still not see everything. Yeah, I finished the story. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just they really like when you think of open world action type games elder scrolls is immediately what comes to mind oh yeah because i remember thinking you know when when playing skyrim i thought this is what legend of zelda needs to be oh yeah i would love and they they thankfully they did that to to a degree with breath of the wild yeah i bet still it's even as big as breath of the wild is it's still nowhere near as big of a game as skyrim was or still no is no, not at all. Uh, March 24th of 2000, HAL Laboratories uh, releases Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards for the Nintendo 64. Never played this game. I did not um, uh, my, my experience with Kirby is limited. It is on the uh, the Switch online store as part of the, the expansion pack. So at some point I'll get around to it, but I didn't even really hear a lot about this game when it came out. Yeah. Well, this was the tail end of the Nintendo 64. Yeah, this was like... So it came out in North America in June of 2000. So there was about a little over a year left in the N64s, like Mm -hmm. what you'd call the lifespan. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And finally, uh, speaking of Nintendo 64, March 5th of 2001, Rare releases Conker's Bad Fur Day for the Nintendo 64. And I've been kind of getting the itch to play this game again. I've been hearing this game all over the place lately on a lot of the other podcasts I listen to. I guess I need to just play this damn game. You should. It's it's a great game. It's since you know about it, like the humor won't surprise you. Mm-hmm. But I still remember the build up to this game because it was originally going to be a game like Banjo-Kazooie. But Rare just kind of said, screw it, we're going to make it differently. We're going to inject a little bit of South Park humor into it. (laughs) And I thought to myself, there's no way this is going to come out on a Nintendo (laughs) console. And sure enough, it did. I mean, it was like the last big game for the N64. But I I love this game. I I wish that they would make a, a sequel to it because there's a lot of like movie parodies and bad fur day that they could tackle like newer material with a sequel, but it's, it's never going to happen. I would be shocked if it does. There's a lot of love for conquer out there right now. So we'll see if, uh, if they do a re-release or, you know, remaster or something like that. I wish they would. They did one for the original Xbox where they really beefed up the multiplayer, Mm -hmm. but I wish they would put it out on like, I mean, I would say the Switch, but I don't know that they would put that on the expansion pack because of the adult content. Yeah, you'd have to have you'd have to have it behind an adult adult only or, you know, only for over 18 or something. Yeah. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek, would you like to do our shout outs? Absolutely. Uh, we want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Brian Piotrowski, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armes Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and Mama Diamond herself, Mama Diamond. Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. If you want early access to our fun commentary tracks, we are back at the $50 level, so we are back to doing uh, commentary tracks every month. Like this earlier this month, we watched the first two episodes of Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Which we watched them. We didn't really comment on them. It was more like, oh, this reminds me of other stuff that happened in yeah. the 90s. And it's, but I, I, I'm with you. I think that's why people like our commentary tracks. Yeah. It just delves into a nostalgia fest every time we, we watch the, the old episodes of stuff like that. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe for our next commentary track, we're going to be doing the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yes, uh, we um, we have an offer to for, for a complex solution for us to watch. Yeah, those episodes. We we were perplexed <laughs> that we couldn't find the episodes, but we have now, so we will be doing that for our uh, for our next track. Shout out to our uh, to our anonymous. Uh, perplexer 
yeah. <laughs> for helping us out with that. Uh, but yeah, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro for as little as a dollar a month. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. Now let's get weird. Oh yeah, ooh yeah, there you go. Here we go. somebody stop me (laughs) so yes i will be reviewing the mask not the movie though i do love the movie but the video game adaptation which is a 1995 side-scrolling action video game created by american studio black pearl software for the super nintendo entertainment system so uh, before i really dive into the game I do have to at least acknowledge the movie because this is an adaptation. Those of you who grew up in the nineties remember how popular Jim Carrey was. Like he was a comedy God Mm -hmm. in the early nineties. He had three of his hit movies come out in 1994. This being one of them, you had Ace Ventura, you had the mask and dumb and dumber all came out in the same year. That's crazy, which is incredible (laughs) and it's tough to to say what what my favorite jim carrey movie is but this is probably up there because this is the movie i remember liking the most from him when i was a kid and it was on tv a few weeks ago and i sat and watched the whole thing and then after that i kind of went down a mask rabbit hole and i found this video on youtube it was like 10 things you may not know about the mask One of them is that there was a video game and I'm like, well, I just found my next review for the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So uh, I didn't know of this game because this came out a year after uh, the movie came out. The movie came out in the summer of 94. This came out towards the end of 95. And why is because development just took longer than they expected it to. There was going to be a Sega Genesis version but that would have gone into 1996. The movie would have been out for two years by that point, And, you know, people would have kind of forgotten about it yeah. by that point. But um, the first thing I can say about this game is it's not perfect because when you think of adaptations, especially during this time, most of them weren't that great. And this isn't a great game, but it is a fun game. It captures the spirit and the humor of the movie really, really well. 
everything from you know the the masks over exaggerated emotions um some of the weapons you use i actually found myself cracking up numerous times during the game so like your primary weapon you're obviously like your jim carrey's character stanley ipkiss while he's wearing the mask so you have all these wacky powers that you can do and you can do more than you might think your primary melee move is you're wearing these giant like cartoon boxing gloves <laughs> and you use those to hit you know like your random enemies your bosses and whatnot you get to use the giant mallet that he uses in the movie to smash the alarm clock mm-hmm. which you have to smash certain number of alarm clocks throughout the <laughs> throughout the levels <laughs> you'll just find them in random places and they'll be bouncing around making that annoying noise from the movie um you get to use the do you remember the scene where he pulls out the little horn mm-hmm. and he presses it and it uh, goes really big. That's one of the weapons um, you get to pull out like 20 guns in each hand and the little flags pop out. Mm-hmm. That's probably your most your second most powerful attack. The first is uh, you get to be the tornado like he is whenever he transforms from Stanley to the mask. Yeah. So you get you get a lot of abilities but they are limited as far as the amount of times you can use them because you have this little um this little counter and i i forgot what it's actually called but it starts with an m um you have these little uh points that you have and every time you use one of those abilities you lose a certain number of points but you can replenish them by finding these little floating green m's to um to replenish that you can um Let's see what other abilities are there. I think that that was really about it. Oh, you can. Um, the first level you're in is you're in Stanley Ipkiss's apartment building, and these goons with these giant guns that are almost like one hit KOs are hiding. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to to sneak by, like in the movie, whenever he's trying to sneak by the apartment and he's doing yeah. the the really exaggerated <laughs> walk. You can do that. So it, it captures the the humor and everything from the movie really well. And it's funny, his landlady is the first boss <laughs> that you have to fight. Uh, Mrs. Peenman, I believe, was her name. But the, the one of two things that cracked me up the most was when you get to a boss fight, the, when uh, so we'll save for Mrs. Peeman. She walks out of her apartment. She's got her shotgun and everything. The mask's skull and eyes pop out of his head like he's scared and then just go back into his head and then that's you resume the fight. So it captures the the comedy really well. See that uh, just thinking about that, like I literally just watched this again, not but a couple of months ago, uh I watched this again and this movie still holds up and oh, I was so really hoping and I, I'm glad you said the game kind of holds up because I it just seems like it's the perfect movie to make a video game out of, like just because of all the power-ups and things like that. And it makes sense that you wouldn't be able to use your abilities, you know, uh, constantly because that would just make you completely overpowered throughout the whole game. I mean, it makes sense to have sort of a power meter. Yeah. And one of the things that was criticized uh about this game were the graphics. Um, it said that uh, one of the reviews I read said that the game, the game's graphics were closer to like 1992 or three 
rather than 1995. I personally really like the graphics. It looks like a comic book, mm-hmm. which the it's the design is based more off the look of the comic book than it is the movie because people forget that the movie is a loose adaptation of a comic book. Mm-hmm. The movie just has more comedy in it because of Jim Carrey. Yeah. So I think them going with that art style was was the right choice. Um, the music you heard the the opening track to it. The music's pretty good. It can get a little repetitive at times, though it does sound like it would fit in the uh, in the movie, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Which that actually leads to what cracked me up the most. Mm-hmm. And and if you watch the movie, you know the storyline. the The game essentially follows the storyline of the movie. The final battle takes place. So in, this this is why you put all the lyrics to "Hey Pachuco" up on Twitter the other day. <laughs> yes, 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 it was. So the final the final level is inside the the nightclub, uh, the Coco Bongo Club, where you know he has the big dance scene with Cameron Diaz and everything. That's where you fight Dorian, who's also wearing a, a Loki mask, and if you remember in the movie he could spit bullets out of his mouth. So that's like his big power. He's really powerful. The way I figured out how to beat him is just to spam him with the horn. (laughs) And then whenever he gets really weak, you just, you take him out pretty easily. But when the final battle starts, the band is in the background, just jamming out to the music. (laughs) And they're actually playing like a modified version of Hey Pachuco. That's cool. So like the the battle starts and I hear da 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 and I'm I'm sitting there with my controller and I'm just like kind of bobbing a little bit because I I love the soundtrack from that movie I've been listening to it, uh you know off and on ever since I've been playing the game, but stuff like that like that made this game fun. It's not perfect though, and I, I'll get into my biggest gripe about the game. The game's not very long. Like I, I managed to beat it in, I'd say total play time was like somewhere between an hour and a half or two hours. Wow. There are only seven stages, but they get very repetitive because you, it's like they took the same basic formula for like the first stage, move things around a little bit. And then that's really about it because I can't remember all the stages off the top of my head, but you start in. Well, they Stanley's also might apartment have been, building. They also might have been running behind because they were so late getting this out. They might have chopped a lot of this game out. Well, and if you look at the the overworld map, there's a like an amusement park in the corner of the map that you never go to, hmm. and it turns out that that was going to be an eighth stage, but they had to axe it because of time. That sucks. Yeah, but you go through. Like all the locations of the movie, you go through Stanley's apartment, you go through uh, the bank, the jail, um, the park. You don't get to dance to Cuban Pete, unfortunately. That was really disappointing to <laughs> That's me. That's what I was going to ask because I saw you had put that on Twitter too. Oh, <laughs> uh, that half the time I do that is just like so, random songs get stuck in my head at random times and I want other people to suffer with me. <laughs> so that's what I do. But people seem to like that one. Like people like the mask. Like it's. One of the more popular Jim Carrey movies. It's a good movie, and 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 one of the best earliest versions of how to make a good comic book movie. People overlook it a lot because it's not, 
know, it's not Batman, it's not Superman, it's The Mask. And it was a relatively unknown comic book at the time. And I still think a lot of people that, that saw and loved the movie didn't even know it was a comic book. But it is a very good representation of how to do a comic book movie. It's also a good example of taking an existing property and changing it in a good way. Yeah. Because the the comic book is much darker mm-hmm. than the movie. But they they changed that because they cast Jim Carrey. And it and there along... there there were dark Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and it came along at the perfect time because I don't think anybody else but Jim Carrey could have done that movie the way it was. A lot of people point to Dumb and Dumber as like the the example to show people of classic Jim Carrey comedy. While Dumb and Dumber is a good movie, I also think it's a little overrated. I much prefer The Mask and Ace Ventura. To, to Dumb and Dumber, personally. I was surprised I, when I went back and watched The Mask, like, at how well those computer graphics hold up. To mm-hmm. this day, it still looks really good. Also, uh, another funny little side note, when you're, I believe it when you're in the jail, you actually encounter um, Milo the dog, <laughs> and he's wearing a mask, too. Oh, if you remember, cool. that scene from the movie is yeah. <laughs> is so freaking funny. But I had, I think because I have such adoration for the movie, that's why I enjoyed this game. Because mm-hmm. even, you know, when I was playing it in the living room, Samantha would watch me play it because I would show her what I was playing. And she's like, oh, I didn't know there was a video game about the mask. And we were both cracking up at, you know, some of the various spots that reminded us of the movie. And to be honest, till you said you were going to review it, I completely forgot this game even existed. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, not I, until I watched that YouTube video. I remember it vaguely coming out way back then, but this was 1995, so this was I was already on to uh PC gaming at this time. Like I had probably hadn't touched my Super Nintendo in years at this point. Well, and this was also it was a year after the movie came out, so really any hype around it had died down. Like I think mm-hmm. if this had come out right before or right after the movie was released in theaters, it would have been a bigger hit. Yeah. But by then, you know, Jim Carrey had already made Dumb and Dumber. Um, I don't know if he had a movie come out in 95, because I know Liar Liar was like 97 or 98. Maybe yeah. when Nature Calls came out in 95. I think Nature Calls came out in 97, too, like around the same okay. time as Liar Liar. Okay. But... um. But yeah, I I think that did hurt it a little bit. But honestly, my my biggest complaint about this game, and this is just strictly from a a gamer's perspective, I would have liked a little more variety. Yeah. And, and instead of just feeling like I was playing the same stage with a different skin, and the stages are too long. Like I would I would have rather have had fourteen short stages instead of seven bigger ones, because I've found myself backtracking a lot mm-hmm. because every stage is almost like a maze yeah, and you can get lost pretty quickly. So I would have preferred to have that, you know, it takes you just a few minutes to get through a stage. You do a boss battle and then you go on to the next one. 
See, that was that's but, my problem with a lot of side-scrolling Super Nintendo beat 'em up type games is they look great, they sound great, but man, some of those games are like the stages are just like come on, man. It's just the same enemies over and over again and they're so lengthy. It's like, man, you could have cut half of this out of here. Yep. Uh, but, ma- I mean, other maximum, than that, like... Maximum hmm? Carnage, for one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even though yep, that's that a great was... game, but, man, those those stages are a little too long. Yeah. yeah that gives me PTSD, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as far as the reception goes, uh, the four reviewers of Electronic Gaming Monthly praise the variety of abilities, the faithfulness to the humor and style of the source material, and the graphics, especially the animation, while criticizing the levels is overly large to the point of being repetitious and easy to get lost in, like we just talked about. Uh, GamePro similarly applauded the game for its heavy use of characters and visual gags from the film, uh, but said the graphics of enemies and backgrounds are closer to 93 standards than 95 potential. I don't have a problem with the graphics, personally. Like I, I think they still hold up. I think they look pretty good. Is it the best-looking Super Nintendo game? No. But it's... It ain't the worst. Yeah. I can tell you that. But Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 27 out of 40. EP Daily gave it 8.5. Megafun, 54%. Nintendo Power, 13.2 out of 20. And Superplay gave it a 70%. My overall thoughts on this, if you're a fan of the movie, it's worth checking out because you'll have a lot of fun going back into that universe Mm -hmm. and the fact that they were able to so faithfully recapture the charm and the humor of the movie and put it in the game. If you're not a fan of the mask, you can skip it. Like you're, you're not going to be missing anything. I still think the mask is ripe for even making a video game out of it with today's sensibilities. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. Could you imagine some kind of crossover event between the mask and Deadpool? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Can we make that movie happen, please? Oh, I get Ryan Reynolds and Jim Carrey on the phone. Yeah. And that's the thing. To, I know Jim Carrey didn't really do sequels, but I was shocked that there was never. A, well, there was a sequel to the mask, but it was we won't talk about it, but a sequel yeah. to the mask with Jim Carrey. I'm shocked never happened. I know. I think you could probably talk him into doing one now. I mean, he's so... If you look at Dr. Wiley... Not Dr. Wiley. um, uh, Eggman. Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Robotnik. It's very close to, you know, the the mask character. It's so over-the-top and just joyful. And that's what really, the thing that makes those era of Jim Carrey movies, those early movies of his, especially The Mask, was joy. Like, he he was just having fun playing these characters. And that's what make the, that's what still makes, especially that movie, still makes it hold up today. Even if the CGI ended up looking bad, which it doesn't, his performance would still hold it up to today. Because it's just such a... A fun movie. Could you imagine being on set of that movie? Oh my god. <laughs> Seeing what he was doing that nobody had ever done before, just that amount of just a human being literally made out of rubber. Like he just mm-hmm. he had no bones in his body. 
Yeah, that's why he was perfect for that role because he's so animated and so like his face is so expressive mm -hmm. that he was the perfect choice for that. And you know, I'm what? also. Did you know oh, that I was looking at some uh, some trivia about that movie, the teeth that he had in those, uh, the, you know, the big teeth when he's wearing the yeah. mask. Those were only for still shots. That wasn't meant for him to be able to talk. He learned to talk with those in his mouth. Yep. The guy's <laughs> dedicated. What can you say? But I had a lot of fun going back and playing this game. Much more fun than I expected. Will it be something I go back and visit like a month or two from now? No. But it'd be one that I would go back to every now and then if I need to laugh. Yeah. I, I would... Uh, what would I give this game? I would say a, a solid... Uh, eight's too high. I'll say seven and a half. Not bad. Good Good mid-range. Like It doesn't seem yeah. like it's a bad game. It's, it's not the the levels are frustrating but the humor and the abilities make up for it to a degree yeah and controls do a lot too if you can have a yep. relatively bad game as long as the controls are good and it's fun to play that's all you need you know i was also reading about a uh, little trivia for this game they actually didn't have the right to use uh jim carrey's likeness really for the movie which was surprising that's weird because they have him right there on the front of the game. <laughs> well, as far like he's wearing the mask, but as far as like Jim Carrey, like how he would look and say like Ace Ventura, where it just looks like Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, he, they didn't have huh. the licensing for that. That's weird. Which is weird because there was an Ace Ventura game that he was plastered all over. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. I don't know. But I I I very much enjoyed playing this game. Awesome. I might have to give it a try. Just. I might go find me a ROM of it and give it a that's, whirl. That's what I did. But uh, well, awesome. Uh, next week, we are doing another top five list. And the the we did the Patreon poll. And what won was top five game series. So if you want to get us your top five list, if you're on our, our Discord, we have a top five um, whole, uh, thing in there tab that you can go in and give us your top five. You can email them to us, nerdcaveretro at gmail.com, or you can send them to us over Facebook or Twitter, at nerdcaveretro, and we'll get those, and we'll add them to the list, and we'll read them next week. So i got to ask a clarifying question about the top five list. So when you say game series, do they have to have multiple sequels, or can it just be, like, say, two I in would a series? Say anything that has a, at least one sequel. Or something that's set in that same universe. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right. That, that'll that be fun to do. <laughs> I know what your number one's going to be already. <laughs> it, it may or may not be behind me. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that's going to do it for this week. What? Uh, oh, you just celebrated your 10-year anniversary for the Derek Diamond experience. Yeah, it was uh, nine years, uh, oh, nine, nine year years, anniversary. Yeah, nine years. It, it's, Not ten it feels yet. like it feels <laughs> like ten years sometimes, but uh, yeah, nine years. So that the show will officially turn nine years old on Friday. But since the next episode will be after that, I wanted to go ahead and do like a, you know, just a little short celebration. I did a live show on YouTube last night. You could check out the the video there. Um, if you just want to hear me ramble for twenty five to thirty minutes about some of the history of the show. 
Um, I will say Jacob actually asked a very good question that I answered on the show. Right. So uh, it, it's about uh, what guest like that I had booked or attempted to book fell through that I wish would have happened as far as an interview goes. So I name off a couple on the show, answer some other questions as well. Uh, you can check everything out at linktree.com slash podcast. And if you want to find out uh, the latest information on my short film, The Feature, at The Feature Movie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And go check out the Open Micers podcast with Mr. Jacob Craig that you just mentioned before, uh, at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week we talked with... Um, Mr. Jared Seymour again from the Brownwater Banter podcast and the Sound 228 about the upcoming concert that my band's going to be playing at Rockin' the Sound on, uh, this Saturday on March 18th. So if you want to go listen to that episode, go check it out right now on uh, wherever podcasts are, are given away for free. And if you need tickets for it, if you're in the Gulf Coast area and you want to go to the show this Saturday, it's an all-day festival with a bunch of bands. I think there's like 13 bands playing. There's going to be food. Wow. It's going to be drinks. There's free parking. Uh, if you want to get your tickets, go to thesound228.com or just go check out the uh, Sound 228 everywhere, at the Sound 228 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So I think that's going to do it. Anything else before we leave this evening? No, I think we're good. And if you want to email us, you know where to email us. Email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. That is our link tree. That takes you to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon, our merch shop, and, of course, a link to our Discord right there on nerdcaveretro.com. Go to ncrmerch.com. Takes you to our merch shop for stickers, hats, T-shirts, bags, mugs, whatever you need. We got it. Follow us on social media at Nerdcave Retro and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. And of course, leave us a review wherever podcasts are given away for free and or a five-star rating. You can do that too, everywhere. Please do it right now. Stop listening and go do that. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Smoking. Smoking. to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.